Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I talked to Jake Thomas about his niche site. I spoke to him uh, earlier this year, probably like March or so of 2022. And he was doing awesome with his site. And we won't mention the exact blog, but he'll tell us the specific niche coming up. So he was doing great after just a few years, uh, was able to quit his uh old full-time job and work on niche sites full-time. And it was a very popular interview, a really amazing story. So we're going to get an update and we're recording kind of in mid-October 2022. So Jake, thanks for joining me. I don't know all the details, but I'm, I'm excited to learn. So how's it going today? Ah, it's going great, Doug. How are you doing? Really good. It's, uh, you know, like I said, October. So we're kind of getting a little fall weather. It's cooling off a, a little bit. And I, I was going to say, you know, it's cooling off where you are, but it's kind of storm season. Do you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about that? We were chatting before we hit record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I live in like the Tampa Bay area. And thankfully, we just missed the hurricane. Uh, unfortunately, for those south of us, they got rocked, it looked like. But, uh, but yeah, a little, little rainy, a little rainy over here, but it's all good now. All right. Well, let's get into all the details here. Um, where are you at with your site as far as like traffic and revenue and, you know, just what's been going on? And we'll kind of, we'll back into some other details in case people didn't watch the other interview. We'll link to it, of course. But yeah, what are the like core stats right now? All right. So it's a, it's a dog blog and, uh, you know, it's about a specific breed of dog. And <laughs> I'm just kind of like, like headspace where I'm at. Um, I, and I think we talked about this last time is that I just keep getting, um, I just keep getting distracted and like excited and like a little bit of like shiny objects and driven stuff. But, uh, but it's been like old faithful for me. It's, it's still doing well. Uh, you know, it's still growing. So let's see, looking up at Google analytics here, uh, this in September. So, uh, you know, September, 2022, I was at 72,000. And then let's see, September of 2021, I was at 62,000. So a little bit of growth there. Um, and just, you know, I had, a, I had a good summer. I had a really crummy summer in 2021, but I had a really good summer in 2022. So I believe, what, was there a Google update in like May or June? Was that, was that right? That sounds right. I think there was, um, there was one in May, I think. Yeah, that uh, that smiled on me very, uh, very, very much. Nice. Uh, in in July of uh, of twenty twenty one, I had fifty six thousand, and then in July of twenty twenty two, I had eighty four thousand visitors. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was I was very very thankful for that. Uh, that is the reason I do not like YouTube. Is some or uh, not, not YouTube? Uh, Google is it sometimes you know it doesn't go as well. So, uh, but but this time I got lucky. And, uh, and yeah, so traffic has been up this summer. Things are going great. Awesome. And can you share some revenue numbers as well? Yeah. So, so we talked in March or April. Um, so January, 2022, I had my highest month ever. It was like 6,000 something. Um, and that, you know, obviously like 90% of that is profit. Um, and in July I had my first $10,000 month. Awesome. Uh, so that was exciting. Um, uh, yeah, I was very excited to, to see that. Um, you know, I did add a YouTube channel and YouTube started taking off around April or May. Um, so that, you know, it's started growing, uh, pretty quickly and it's kind of leveled out since then taken, uh, gone down a little bit, 
But uh, so yeah, I did 10,000 in July, uh, 9,000 in, wait, no, 10,000 in June, 9,000 in July. No, I'm, I'm messing these up. Uh, That's okay. Sorry, 10,000 <laughs> 10, in July, 9,000 in August, and then like 7,500 in uh, September. Okay. And what do you attribute the uh, sort of decline? Because like the, the traffic's up. So what, what was going on with that? So traffic, traffic was up, you know, I think that a lot of my, um, a lot of my like affiliate blog posts were, uh, were ranking better. So, you know, like best brushes, you know, best collars, best harnesses, that kind of stuff. I think that, you know, those were, were much higher. So like my Amazon revenue, I normally make like $700 from Amazon. And then over the summer and kind of like, you know, these past few months I made, like between like 1400 to like a thousand. So that was up almost double from last year. So that was huge. Um, obviously. Okay. And then also YouTube was driving a lot of ebook sales. So I sell an ebook and it seems like people buy like, at least in my experience, and I only have like, it's like a $10 ebook, but more people on YouTube are buying than on the blog. Okay. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Any theories? Uh, so I have noticed definitely on YouTube is that people do what you ask them to do. So if you say, Hey, you know, download my lead magnet, they will do that. And then okay. if you say, Hey, buy my book, they will do that. If you say, Hey, subscribe, they will do that. You know, obviously you don't want to have like too many CTAs, but, and I don't know if it's because you, like, if you're reading, uh, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you're reading, you can kind of skim over like a, a CTA, but if you're listening, you you like, you have to hear me say, you know, check out this, e this ebook or, right. you know, download this lead magnet. So you have to hear me say that. And I'm wondering if that's what it is. Interesting. Yeah. I, I had, I would not have thought that, but after you mentioned it, if I'm reading a page and I see a call to action or an ad, I probably, I see that it is not what I'm interested in and I'll skip over it. If someone integrates their ad or their call to action as it is in this case, pretty well with the content and it fits, then I can see it converting really well. The other part is I wonder if it's the exact right audience on YouTube. So they, they do have a problem. They're, they're trying to get more information. They like the video format, but I know they're, there's, they know there's a little bit more, or maybe you mentioned like, hey, we can't go into full depth right now, even though you could make like a three hour long video if you wanted to, <laughs> but you're like, hey, you know, you know, get the written word over here and then you'll be able to download the ebook and read it on your phone when you're in the bathroom or whatever, you know, don't use that call to action. Probably not super <laughs> effective, but, but that, that's cool. So it's, a, it's just a $10 ebook and you'll pitch it uh, in one of your videos, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and you know, I've kind of mixed up pitching, you know, I've like a, you know, potty training cheat sheet, like, you know, just download it. Um, it's a free lead magnet and then, you know, $10, you know, it was like puppy raising ebook kind of thing. Um, and definitely whichever one, I usually don't do both. Um, I usually, you know, ten, videos are about 10 minutes long and I plug the CTA, you know, uh, asking for one of those two in about the middle, um, you know, when it makes sense. Um, but yeah, and I, I mean, you know, cause it's not search traffic either. It's, it's kind of, uh, like disruptive traffic. So, uh, you know, like 
you know, as opposed to like, you know, search intent, it's, you know, entertainment, you know, like 10 things dogs hate or whatever, um, you know, stuff like that. And I'm getting like sales and leads from that. You know, it could be a volume thing too. Um, right. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's different. Okay. It's been interesting now. So we'll, we'll come back to YouTube and you're actually going to join me for another, um, episode talking about, um, some analysis that you've done on the YouTube side. You're a bit of a nerd with that sort of thing, studying creators and such. So people keep an eye out for that episode. So I do want to go back because a lot of people didn't hear the first interview. So who are you? Um, what do you do? Or what did you do before you started working on niche sites full time, just so we can get a little bit of uh, like biography from you? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess I'm kind of sort of like a marketer, like at heart. Um, um, I was, I've done kind of everything in marketing. I've, um, you know, uh, media buying. So I like worked at a Facebook ad agency. Uh, I've done web design. Um, <clears throat> I was, you know, managing a blog for a fishing company and also managing their Facebook ads and their YouTube channel. And so I taught, I started this dog blog to learn SEO. Because, you know, this is my first job actually like managing a real blog. I had kind of played with that stuff in the past, but I was like, all right, well, you know, the best way to learn is to just, uh, is to just do it. Right. And I'm way more motivated to learn when it's like, when it's something that I own. And so that was a, it was a cool project uh, for me to do, you know, while I was managing the fishing blog and, and I learned about SEO much quicker than I would have if, you know, if it was just doing part of my job. Um, so I quit my job last summer, so summer of 2021, and it was a little bit of a, sorry, it was a big leap of faith, um, you know, cause I wasn't quite making like as much money as I needed to. Uh, thankfully my wife has, uh, a, a, a good paying job. So that definitely helped. Um, but I had saved up some money, uh, to kind of get me through that gap of like, all right, I'm not going to be making enough, you know, that much money these next few months. And then I hit my first $10,000 month, like I said, uh, this past summer. So that was a, the, the leap of faith paid off. When, when you quit percentage wise or like number of months, how much did you save up? How much runway did you have? Uh, and you don't have to say the specific amount, but just how many months perhaps? Um, so, I had like 20, like 20, $25,000 saved up. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you know, it wasn't that much, but you know, but also it wasn't nothing. Um, so right. it was, it was a couple months. Um, then I started paying myself like from that nest egg, I started paying myself a couple thousand dollars a month. Um, so, and also, you know, it, it wasn't that much, but it was, it was something probably a little less than half of what my job was paying me. Okay. Um, Got it. so and so, you know, between like, you know, the nest egg and, you know, my wife's job and, uh, you know, me paying myself half, we, we kind of, we made it. Um, right. <laughs> it wasn't very comfortable. She wasn't, uh, the most excited about me getting a 50% pay cut. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but, but here we are. Right. And then at the time that you quit, do you happen to remember ballpark, like what your monthly revenue from the niche site was? Uh, like I was doing, I was very happy with a $4,000 a month. Like okay. all of, all of 2021, uh, if I made 4,000, I was pumped. Uh, I think in November, December, I made like 6,000, but for the most part, uh, I was, I was doing three and a half to four and a half thousand. Okay, cool. 
Which is awesome. I mean, you know, from a valuation standpoint, you know, you're probably at something like 150 to 200,000 or something if you were to sell the site, even though like, you know, you're getting less per month than your, your old job. It must've been nice when you were doubling up. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. So and you were able to save the money. So that's cool. And then did you happen to have, did you have any benchmarks where you were like, I need to make X amount and X amount of time, or I need to figure out something else to do or like get the job again? Or did you have uh, kind of a delineation mark or anything? A, a little bit. I, so I quit, you know, I, I put my, my, it turned out to be like a month, uh, a month long notice in like beginning of July. So my last day was like July 31st. And I told myself, all right, by the end of the month, so I'll have, or the end of the year, so I'll have six months, I need to be making uh, at least as much as I was, um, you know, at my job. So I gave myself six months to you know, go from making half of what I was making at my job to making, you know, what I was making at my job. Got it. And I, I hit it, um, but I was still not paying myself like that much. Um, <clears throat> just be, you know, we were doing, you know, okay. Like, you know, family income, we weren't definitely, we weren't balling out, but, uh, but we were, you know, we were getting by and, uh, I don't know. I, ju- I just always kind of wanted that little like nest egg to be sitting there in the, in the business, you know, in case I, in case something bad happened or, you know, in case I wanted to launch a product or something, I wanted, you know, a couple thousand dollars saved up there so that I can make that move. Um, so, you know, th- thankfully, it's crazy how it worked out. We, uh, my wife got a new job like uh, two months after I quit, and she got a raise that was pretty much equal to like the pay cut, the pay cut that I got. <laughs> so, like our fa- our household income was just the same, even though awesome. she's making more and I'm like making half. Got it. That's good. You married well. Nice job. Yes, um, she's amazing. I'm very thankful for. Her. <laughs> so crazy thing, I. My last day at my last job, it was July 21st, 2015, or not 21st, 31st, uh, 2015, because, you know, they, they lay you off at the end of the month, typically. So, <laughs> so that, w- that was my last day. And you got laid off? I did. It got laid off. Wow. And yeah, there's longer story, but it turned, it turned out to be, uh, Absolutely fine. You know, in a similar way, I was like, oh, this is my chance. My income wasn't as high as yours was at at the time that I got laid off. But, and I didn't set up the specific uh, deadline like that, but it it took a few months to get things in place. But roughly like the same time, I was actually telling someone recently, like, you know, after I think like a couple months, I was making, um, like enough, like close to replacement income, but not quite. And then after six months, it was like safely there. <laughs> and I felt like a lot more confident, which is, it's really quick. But the, the thing is like, you were doing it for a couple of years at the time that you quit. And I was working on my sites and other side ventures for a couple of years also. So really like three years, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Did you Perfect. want to quit? Or like, um, did you? Technically... A, a little bit, but it was a good job that I had a lot of autonomy with, with really good benefits. So I probably would not have quit because I was ta- talking to my wife the other day, like it's it's the kind of situation where it needs to be a lot better or a lot worse. It was in a comfortable, complacent area where it was like, I can handle the bullshit and it's not that great. And I'm not going to get promoted for like 
you know, if, if I could possibly make it to like a director level, it would have been another five or seven years and yeah. it was just, you know, draining. So it wasn't bad enough and it wasn't good enough, but it was just the worst place you could be to like, uh, select in action. So I wouldn't have quit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to quit for like a, a year, maybe a year and a half. So it's interesting that you kind of, you were forced to take the leap and it took, it took me a long time to take the leap. Right. Well, one thing I did, and I, I've, I've been thinking about how to frame this exactly, but here, here's like this sort of the light version of it, but there's like the quiet quitting movement that you, you probably heard a little bit about. Yeah. So I've just seen some headlines, but I'm like lightly familiar and I, I am pretty sure I was doing this for, you know, several years, maybe like 2007 <laughs> to I, until I got laid off or so, maybe even 2006. But one thing that I did, I had a lot of friends in the military that I would hang out with and or they, they were, they were out of the military, but they had the background. So I was like, I have this team. I had like 10 people reporting to me. I basically delegated everything that I <laughs> could possibly delegate to the team. And it sounds super lazy, but it actually helps the team because then they can get promoted. They can yeah. say, I'm performing outside of my role. All, all the things that I know that they actually needed to do. But most people, like most managers, don't want to give up the control because then you can get laid off. But I didn't give a <laughs> shit. So I, I delegated everything except like, you know, had to lead certain meetings or decisions had to be made. So of course I would do those things, but everything else I got rid of. And of course, the problem with that is like, they're, they're thinking, what do we need you for? Like your team is doing everything. Like you can go on vacation for a long time. And I'm like, yeah, and everything went fine. Right. Um, but anyway, that's why I got laid off. I think that's, that's hilarious. I mean, that's yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like what a manager's job, at least I, I would assume that's a manager's job. Like you make sure everything is going well and make sure you're empowering your team. Or, yeah. I yeah. mean, wow. That's so, funny. Anyway, yeah, that's how you quite quit in a really good way. And then eventually you can get laid off. So don't Very listen nice. to me. <laughs> All right. So let's hit some of the other like key points. And again, we encourage people to check out the first interview. Some other things will be in more in more depth there. But keyword wise, how do you do keyword research? I think it's a pretty interesting uh, approach, kind of counterintuitive from other folks. Yeah, so... Keyword research for me, I'm going to, it's a specific breed of dog. So keyword research, like my keywords are kind of limited, right? So I'm attacking everything, uh, which does kind of make it easy because like, if I see it, I'm going to write about it. Um, doesn't matter how many, like, you know, how, how the competition is, uh, you know, I only have, you know, I have a hundred, like 70 blog posts. Um, and I just did like, so I just like, uh, I got a month long subscription to Hrefs. I sniped all of my competitors to see like, you know, what am I missing? Um, and uh, I got like 50 blog post ideas, um, but still that's only going to put me at like 220 or 230. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking everything. Uh, and usually it's, you know, I'm just letting, uh, for the most part, letting, um, uh, you know, Google autocomplete. Um, I'm doing that. You know, people also ask, um, I spend a lot of time on Facebooks. So like with certain dog breeds or Facebook groups are massive. So just like hanging out there and seeing what questions people are always asking and then just looking at the comments, that's been huge for me. Uh, and also just like 
you know, doing research for the articles. Like once I have a, you know, a keyword, I'll just plug that into the Facebook group and boom, I have like my top 10, like most question, you know, uh, most frequently asked questions about that topic. Um, you know, and I'll be able to get a gauge for what people think is like, uh, best practices for that or, or true for that. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Google autocomplete Ahrefs uh, once a year or uh, once every two years. Um, and then spending a lot of time in Facebook is pretty much my only strategy. Okay. And I, I kind of remember in some of our conversations in the past, you don't really care about search volume, right? So to to the point uh, that you were making, like- For the most part. Cover it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, some of it's been interesting- some of my like really low search volume posts have been getting backlinks. Um, you know, so I'm assuming that, you know, that's just helping my, you know, my site in general. Um, you know, even though they're not bringing in any money, they're not bringing in any traffic. They, some of them are bringing backlinks and that's been, that's been, you know, that's obviously worth it right there. Okay. And my hunch is someone is writing an article, they're looking for a reference and then it's so specific that, you're what pops. I'm up. the only one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I think too. Okay, cool. And I think, I think that covers it for keywords and I want to move to content. You mentioned, you know, going to Facebook groups to do some research and stuff. Can you talk about the writing process? And I think it's important to mention, uh, either your team of writers or how you get the content and that sort of stuff. So I'll kind of leave the floor open for you to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have, you know, it's a dog blog and I have a dog trainer. I actually have two dog trainers now. Um, and they, they write for me. I'm publishing once a week, sometimes twice a week, sometimes once a month. Um, you know, whenever they get stuff to me, but they are tackling the more technical stuff. Um, you know, cause I don't want to be, uh, you know, the, the whole ethics thing. I don't want to be just kind of like, you know, making stuff up or like, you know, just compiling, you know, that, the top 10 blog posts, you know, about a certain topic. So I've hired dog trainers to, uh, to write for me and they do a fantastic job. Um, how I found them, I found them on other dog training sites and I just kind of reached out to them like, Hey, like, do you want to uh, write for my site? And then once I got one, I said, Hey, do you know any other people who want to write? Um, so that's how I found them. And so, yeah, so they, they do, you know, right now I just say, they have a, we have a uh, Google Sheets sheet and there's like, you know, 20 topics on there. It's like, you know, tackle them whenever you want. Um, so that's our process. It is definitely not a rigorous process. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not, a, it's not the most uh, strict one, but, but it works for, works for me and it works for them. And um, so, yeah, so they, they write this, they write the articles and then I go proofread them and, you know, uh, sometimes I'll simplify because they're, you know, dog trainers are in the weeds, but, um, but yeah, so, so that's, you know, one, one way that, uh, I publish content, but also, um, you know, for the, the stuff that I can write about, um, you know, like best toys, cause you know, I've, I've got a dog and I'll just like, you know, what, what are his like favorite toys and stuff? Um, so that stuff all right. And I'm really, I really put a lot of focus on the first paragraph and like making sure that I'm like setting myself up for success. And so that when they come to my blog post, they know, okay, this is, this is what I'm here for. Um, and then just, you know, writing out my, you know, 
three to seven main points and then kind of filling those in one by one and then just making sure that it flows right you know it sounds good um you know, trying not to trying to write for people um you know not so much the uh the google um you know algorithm but uh but yeah i mean that's it's it's pretty everything that i do is pretty simple <laughs> okay and you have 170 articles how many did you personally write would you say probably 120 okay cool and one thing i remember from the first interview is you started the blog and i think you published about 12 articles in the first year is that right that is correct and then you, you got a little traction and then you thought i better work on this more and then you started writing on a regular basis yes okay Perfect. And I, I want to emphasize that. So we're jumping in. How old is the site, Jake? Uh, it is three years. Sorry. So just to clarify on numbers here. Yeah. I have written out of, um, out of how many do we have here? We got 169 total. And I have written um, like 100 and try not to mess up my, uh, my microphone here. I've written 134. So. Okay, perfect. And <laughs> so. yeah, because we're jumping in, it, the site's three years old, you're you know kind of working on some other stuff too. So you have writers primarily working on it now. Occasionally, it sounds like you're writing, but in the beginning, for a really long time, you wrote almost all, like you wrote all the content everything, until everything, you hired yeah. them. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for the first, first two and a half years, yeah. Okay, and one, one thing I, I want to ask about, and it's it, it comes up all the time and you're one of the people that I actually reference. People ask about AI tools like, hey, can I use AI tools? And I'm like, you can use them, but I still haven't run across anyone who's do doing really well. All the people that I talk to that are making like a full-time income or sort of they're doing well, right? They're making 5K or more per month. They wrote the content themselves or they wrote it and then started hiring a couple people to help out. Yeah, any thoughts on AI writers? Have you dabbled with them? What's your stance? Uh, so I have not dabbled. And for my blog specifically, I, you know, I only have, you know, potentially a couple hundred um, blog posts to write. And so I am definitely in the, quality over quantity. So I'm not, you know, this, this blog, this blog isn't going to have two, three, 4,000 blog posts on it. Um, you know, it's only going to have a couple hundred. And, um, you know, so I really need to make sure that those are the best possible. And I'm kind of going the opposite. Instead of having a robot, I'm having a real dog trainer right now. Um, so I am, I am definitely a fan of quality over quantity. And I, you know, from what it sounds like, the, you know, if you're doing AI, then you're going for quantity over quality, um, I would assume, or maybe just finding like, you know, uh, a ton of keywords that are like really low traffic and like and just a lot of low hanging fruit. Um, I would assume that's the play there. But no, I'm going for I'm going for quality. That what are your sense. thoughts on what are your thoughts on quality versus quantity? I I tend to agree with you and as I've, you know, tr tried to do actually earlier this year on niche site project, I tried to do, it wasn't AI. I got actually hired writers to do this, but it was a 
quantity play, low competition, and it should have it should have worked okay, but it did not. It did not it did not work <laughs> at all. It completely failed. I haven't. I don't think I've covered it on the show very much yet, but I, it's on my list. I'm doing a whole series on my failures and mistakes. Unfortunately, nice. there's there's several in the last year, right? But the the interesting thing is it, it didn't work at all. And it on paper it should have, and I saw it work in other ways. I'm not sure where I goofed up, um, to be honest with you. But as far as the, you know, specifically on the AI writers, I think people are maybe starting to use them a little better. But again, I still haven't found anyone who says, I'm making whatever, five or 10K per month, and I'm primarily using these tools. Maybe they don't want to tell people that they're successful, so there's less competition. But there are, I mean, there's just a lot of people that are promoting the tools. I mean, I, I started to play with them, and I actually have affiliate links with them too because people keep asking. So I'm like, well, I, I need to check it out. And if it's, I mean, I may as well earn money from it, right? So if someone's going to use the affiliate link and test it out, that's cool. But there, there are a lot of people promoting the tools. So maybe if there's a specific use case, I could see it maybe for ads. Uh, like you said, you did media buying before and like some ads and stuff. So, you know, if you need a ton of different iterations on the same thing, that could save you a lot of time. But mm -hmm. if someone's trying to compete with your site where you actually have a dog trainer, right? The, and then you edit it versus someone who uses an AI tool and then maybe they edit it and they don't have a dog. Like, I mean, yours is going to be better and they're probably not going to be able to rank against you. So that is, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm paying a lot and I'm, you know, I'm not posting that much right now paying, paying these dog trainers a good amount. And then I'm spending, you know, a lot of time going through it, but I'm really trying to play the long game. Um, and then like, you know, hopefully I'll have this blog for the next five years, 10 years. And hopefully, you know, these blog posts that I'm creating today are going to be ranking for 10 more years. Um, you know, some of my most popular blogs now I wrote three years ago. Um, wow. And I hope that they're <laughs> going to be the most popular, uh, you know, f five years from now. So I think that even though, you know, I'm not, I'm not cranking out a ton of content, I'm not using um, AI to maybe, you know, speed things up or make things a little cheaper. I'm spending more time, you know, more money on it. But the hope is that it's going to be here forever. And even if my cost is triple of what my competitors are, hopefully I'll be ranking number one and I'll be ranked number one for the next three, four, five years. Right. And I like the the long-term view. And, you know, if you play it out a little bit, let's say income grows, more traffic, blah, blah, blah. And then you sell it in a few years, it could be, you know, half a million bucks because you're also adding other assets that your competitors don't have, like the ebook and YouTube, which is a good time to transition. So what's been going on with YouTube? So you're, you're a bit of a nerd there and you were like, hey, I want to start, start a channel. Uh, so yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. So, so I started the dog blog because I wanted to learn, uh, SEO and then I added a YouTube channel because I wanted to learn about YouTube. And at first it really sucked because I was doing like talking head videos and it was, it was just crappy. Um, and I hated it. I got burned out actually. Uh, I was 
So like I, this happened right after I quit, like probably three weeks after I quit, I was recording a video. <clears throat> I was like sitting in this room right here, you know, talking to the camera and I just, I couldn't get words out. Like I, I could not say literally a single sentence. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm not making YouTube videos anymore. I'm just going to go back to blogging. And my, <laughs> my wife was pissed at me. She's like, oh, you just quit your job for this. And now you're, uh, and now you're not doing this anymore, huh? <laughs> and I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I started the, you know, the dog YouTube channel. Um, a lot of, a lot of it is just turning like blog posts into YouTube videos. Um, and it's like a, you know, it's a faceless channel. It's just right now it's a voiceover. So I figured out a way that I don't have to be on camera. I'm just reading a script. I got an editor in Pakistan, uh, who's, um, who's editing the videos for me and people would probably look rather look at, uh, cute clips of dogs than, uh, than my face, uh, which is a win-win. I'm happy. I yeah. don't want to be on camera. <laughs> people are happy. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the YouTube channel. And the reason I wanted to learn more about YouTube is. I recently started a, well, actually not recently, like a year and a half ago, I started a newsletter about YouTube titles. Um, so all I do is study YouTube titles, very uh, specific, um, but people seem to like it. And it was just, so I was at my previous job, I was managing the blog and the YouTube channel. And so every Monday morning we would have a content meeting and I would come up, come. So we had, I was a content manager and we had fishing coaches so I would talk to the fishing coaches and I'd be like, hey, these are uh, some good ideas. Like this, this is working for other channels. I bet we could do this for our channel. So for instance, um, you know, we had a podcast or my boss is on a podcast about newbie hunting gear. And he was like, well, let's do newbie fishing gear. Uh, and that did really well for us. So I started looking at, you know, um, like, all right, cool. Like, you know, five mistakes for uh, training your dog. Well, let's do for our fishing channel five mistakes for catching redfish or something. Um, so just really trying to figure out, okay, this worked in another niche. How can we, uh, how can we you know, model this for hours? So I was doing that internally. It worked really well for our channel. And then I turned that into a newsletter. Like, Hey, here, you know, five videos that are working for other channels. Here's how you could use it. Um, and people have seemed to like it. Uh, and that's been, uh, that's been really cool. Um, you know, especially starting a newsletter, I am knock on wood, uh, hopefully relatively algorithm proof, uh, yeah. where, you know, obviously unless, uh, you know, Apple or Gmail or someone wants to mess up with, uh, with my email service provider or, uh, you know, email open rates or, or whatever it is. But, uh, but yeah, this is kind of like a, a diversification against algorithms. Got it. Okay. Very cool. And I, I don't know if I remember the, the specifics of like why you started analyzing this stuff, but that makes perfect sense. And yeah, I'm signed up for that newsletter. Uh, it took me a while to actually sign up for it. I always forget. And then finally <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I need to get in there. But it's, it's actually <laughs> super helpful. And that's what we're going to talk about more in, in our other episode coming up. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Cause I, I think, I mean, if you're into YouTube and you actually create videos, it's like directly like you could use it immediately. And I find myself doing the same thing that you mentioned where I like, you know, I'm, I'm watching all these like guitar videos or like some other unrelated thing to marketing. And I'm like, that's a great title. And then once you get used to it, you kind of have an intuition where you're like, oh, here's the template. It's like X result in X amount of time without doing a hard thing. Like that's a yeah, classic yeah. one, but there's, there's like whatever, you know, 20 other like kind of formula. Yeah, the truth, the truth about... Right. 
And yeah, there's so many. It's and very it's just cool. so yeah, like with the newsletter, I'm just like studying what makes people click. So it's all about psychology. And I've been using a lot of that uh, for my, you know, my blog, uh, blog titles for like my sub headlines and like for my intros too. like, if I need inspiration for my blog post intro, I will look at, uh, I'll watch YouTube videos and see like what they said um, and like see how like they caught attention, um, you know, how they grabbed your attention. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all psychology, no matter, no matter what it is, you know, Twitter, email subject line, you know, YouTube title, blog post. Uh, so that's, that's been super cool for me. Cool. And b- before we uh, wrap it up, we are coming close on the time here. Um, you know, your YouTube channel for the the dog blog um, sounds like it was driving some significant revenue. So can you talk about the success there? Any videos blow up or anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah I had I had one video blow up. Um, it was pretty much like about, you know, things uh, humans do that dogs hate. Um, and uh, and that <laughs> it, it blew up and it kind of carried my channel. So I went from about 40,000, 35 to 40,000 views a month um, for like most of 2021 and the first half of 2022. And then in like July, I got like 350,000 views. Um, you know, so at about 10 X, uh, which was great. Um, and that was really what helped me go from like making five or 6,000 a month to making um, like nine or 10,000 a month was YouTube. Um, a lot of it, like we talked about earlier was the, the, um, you know, the ebook there, my ebook revenue, uh, about tripled or so during that time. Um, and then, uh, and also it was just, I was growing my email list and, you know, I sent out all my blog posts to my email list. Um, so, so that was also driving traffic to my blog. So that all that helped. Very cool. And anything else that you think is interesting that I didn't ask you about um, that people should you know keep in mind? Maybe if they're trying to you know grow their first site or they're in a spot, maybe they're like sort of plateaued at like five hundred bucks a month or something like that. So any any broad tips or thoughts you want to share? Something I've been thinking about a lot recently is uh, consistency and longevity. And I know this is like super boring. <laughs> it's like definitely not what you want to hear if you're stuck at $500 a month, but uh, just keep doing it. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of gone and come back to the blog and I kind of publish in sprints a little bit. Um, right now I'm a sprint away from the blog, uh, but I, you know, probably at the end of this year, I'll be back into a sprint. And it's just, if like you look at my traffic and my revenue over the last three years, just slowly going up, you know, but, it always it always goes up, um, so that's been that's been great. So I'm just really trying to think about how can I publish on this blog forever? Uh, how can I not burn out um, and just just keep going? And uh, and you know, e- even if you're stuck, you're not going to be stuck forever. Just keep going, and you often something will pop, and then you'll finally get it, and then or the algorithm will finally smile on you, and and your your uh, your site will blow up. Awesome. Jake, it's always fun to talk to you. Where should people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at jthomas underscore underscore. Uh, you can also uh, just search Jake Thomas on Twitter and you'll see uh, you'll see me with a cute golden retriever. Uh, and that'll be me. Or um, uh, on, at creatorhooks.com if you're interested in uh, you know YouTube titles. But it's really just the psychology of what makes people click. And that was uh, creatorhooks.com. 
Yep. And like I said, I'm on that that email list for creator hooks. And, and the thing that's cool is it's it's sort of, a, it's built in a summary format. So there's no BS in there. Um, it's just like, here's the core information as opposed to YouTube where like, it could be like a 10 minute video with 30 seconds of real information. I mean, that's basically all my ch- channel is, but, <laughs> but, but creator hooks has like exactly what you need in a summarized format. So yeah, I definitely encourage people to check it out. Even if you don't have a YouTube you. channel, you'd be able to use those ideas for your blog titles or in social media or something else. Like it is, is more sort of marketing and psychology focused, I would say. So definitely. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Doug. Thank you so much for listening to The Doug Show. I really do appreciate it. I mean, I'm just sitting here on my computer recording stuff and uh, you're listening to it. And I think that's awesome. If you enjoy the show and you know someone who maybe would be interested in it, please let them know. I think it would be fantastic if you help spread the word. If you are not signed up for the Niche Site Project email list, well, you're in luck. All you have to do is go to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show. Or I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.